When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome into the CHGO Blackhawks podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. Happy Monday. Happy Mailbag Monday, TM. We invented that. No one else can do it ever, ever. I'm Jay Zawoski with Greg Boyson and Mario Tirabasi. Thanks for joining us. Smash that like button for us on YouTube. Make sure you're subscribed to the page as well. If you're listening on the podcast apps, that's cool too. Make sure you are following or subscribe there. And if you're feeling nice, leave us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. It is Mailbag Monday. Like I said, there are a ton to get to. Anything we need to hit before we begin the Mailbag segment, or should we just get right into it? I mean... We had an awesome weekend of hockey. Yeah. Pretty decent weekend of hockey. Yeah, I love the fact that both Saturday and Sunday, it was nonstop. There were no overlapping games unless they went to overtime, which almost all of them did, at least on (laughs) Saturday. Yeah. So, yeah, we've been treated well with some – we could spend the whole hour just talking about some of the nonsense that happened over the weekend, but we've got lots of questions to get to. Do we have to give credit to the Leafs for getting tough? We were critical of them for not being tough. They've sort of – you got battle back and won some tough games. And you got to win they, some shitty they, games. They sometimes. stole. They stole that one. Yeah. Uh, game three. So let's see uh, what the response is tonight. Here's the thing about that game, real quickly. I know we got. Well, no, we got kind of have a question about it later. So I'll, I'll get to that when we get to that question. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. and we we can't not congratulate the Rockford IceHogs. Yeah. For, yeah. Uh, Getting everyone in Iowa fired and advancing on to the next <laughs> round of the Calder Cup playoffs. That old two-game sweep. Yep. they uh, Both games in overtime. No surprise there. And, uh, yeah. Texas, so they're on to the division regular season division champ Texas Stars. Best of five series in the division semifinals. And they get to host the first two games. Friday and Sunday. Friday and Sunday. So uh, I, I think uh, – I know I'll be out there both days for sure. I'll be there Friday. We'll be, so we'll be, uh, yeah, it'll be fun. And we're going to most likely have some Ice Hog players on at some point this week working on the details of that. So stay tuned. Yep. We'll get a couple of those guys on before the uh, series starts on Friday. So, yeah. yeah. Kind of yeah. interesting that they're the lower seed, but they get the first two games of the series at yeah. home. But I guess that's travel. They right, want to make you're not sure gonna, you're not going to go. You're not going to go two, two, one. Yeah. So to Texas and stuff. gives the Ice Hawks a little bit of advantage because you, you, if you defend home ice, you go back to Texas only needing to win once on the road. It's huge. One out of three. So yeah, that's we'll see what happens. Texas is a real good team. Um, there's some revenge. It was the, the Ice Hawks beat Texas in the play-in series last year mm-hmm. with both games in Rockford. So yep. 
you do what you did last year, you're going back to the Lone Star State in pretty good shape. So we'll see. They had a winning record against Texas this year. Five and, yeah. five and three in eight meetings. So Yeah, should be fun. Texas is always a really fast, well-coached team and uh, should be a good series. So I'm looking forward to getting out there Friday and night. Was it right? Nine of 14 games against Iowa went to overtime uh, this nine year? Nine of 14, 14 <laughs> went to overtime. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Yep. And then uh, we <laughs> saw a lot of what they do in that game in Iowa, a lot of post-whistle junk. Yeah, you know, Iowa, they, they Iowa to loves to do that stuff. They've done it for years under – uh, Dick Army, which is a great name. Oh, it's not Dick no, Army. No. Tim Army. Tim Army. Tim Dick Army is the old uh, Dick Army is the fans. Dick, yeah. <laughs> no, Dick, Dick Army was a senator, wasn't there? Wasn't there Richard Army? Uh, I think a so. A longtime senator. Yeah, yeah but Tim Army. Uh, but based on some of the ways his team plays, Dick Army could be that a worse. But too. he's n- now no longer employed. Yeah, the Ice Hawks are getting people fired left and right. <laughs> Let's do it. I love it. Nice and, to see. And uh, prospect playoffs continue uh, this weekend. <laughs> Seattle is in the uh, WHL Conference Finals against Kamloop. That starts on Friday. Uh, Sarnia will take on the London Knights in the OHL Conference Finals. That also starts uh, this weekend, Friday or Saturday, I can't remember. And then uh, in the in the queue, you got uh, Gatineau taking on, uh, not Sherbrooke, they are taking on uh, Quebec in the uh, QMJHL conference final so Daniel Savoie, Savoie 50 with points in the Savoie series Savoie with Gatineau that would be great for him to, to break out at this point that'd be great uh you got Ethan, saving it Ethan Delmastro with Sarnia and then you got Colton Dock Nolan Allen and Kevin Korchinski with Seattle so a lot of a lot of prospect playoff action for the Blackhawks while the uh Stanley Cup playoffs go on without the Blackhawks friends of the show doing well and speaking yes. of that, if you missed Friday's podcast with uh, Mackenzie Entwistle, go back and give it a listen. It was really good stuff. We revealed our long-running joke about uh, <laughs> the unfortunate demise of his family, and he laughed, so that was good. Yeah, <laughs> took it well. He got a chuckle out of it. Um, yeah, so, that, yeah. Was, that, that was really good. I went back and watched that, um, as, as everyone should, too. It's, it's a, lot of, a lot of good uh, little bits of uh, insight, and you know, he, he really gave us uh, more than just kind of some generic – responses or things that we'd heard all season from from various players um you know about how the year went and and you know how luke richardson came in and his relationship with jonathan taze uh and how that all played out and yeah it was it was a really good interview so go back take a listen to it uh after today's show is over and uh just kind of ingest all of that from young mckenzie or open two tabs and listen to both at once Sure, if you can do that. Yeah, kill save, save some time. All right. Two tabs. Wow. Let's tear open our bursting sacks of mail, shall we? <laughs> sure. All right. The first one comes from Sung Hyun. This is he from says, our diehard Discord. Yes. Uh, yes. What's the best player available we can get at 20 with the Tampa Bay first-round pick we have? Well, that's going to be hard to tell yeah. because uh, we don't know how. There's a lot of good players in that range. Yeah, the, we don't know how the draft board's going to fall, say, after the top four or five. Things can get weird. There could be guys that we weren't expecting to be available at 20 that are all of a sudden there, or there are mm-hmm. guys that we targeted at 20 that are taken at 10, 11. So yeah. to just pinpoint and say this guy is going to be the best guy available, I can't really say that, but there's a lot of options there. Yeah. Um, you a lot know, of good players. Uh, two guys that stick out the most to me that I like at that spot. I don't know if either of them are going to be available, but they're they're projected to be around there. Mm-hmm. If Gavin Brindley from University of Michigan is there, that's a guy I'm very high on. Mm-hmm. Uh, he fits that Kyle Davidson mode. He's not the biggest guy in the world, but 
He's got that high energy, gets to the tough areas of the ice. Uh, played at Michigan, so he's got some familiarity with Frank Nazar and possibly Adam possibly Fantilli. Adam Fantilli uh, yeah. You could have maybe three Michigan guys uh, who have experience together. Uh, but he had 38 points, 12 goals, 38 points in 41 games for Michigan. So yeah. that's that's a really good season. He's a very effective player. Uh, played on the World Junior stage as well. So if he's there, I definitely want to grab him up. I don't know if he's gonna be there to be honest with you. I think he'll. I think he'll. I think he'll be in that range. Yeah, and then another guy I like is another college player, uh, and I've mentioned him before. is Is Matthew Wood mm-hmm. out of uh, University of Connecticut? If you want size, this is your guy. Six foot three, hundred ninety pounds. He plays both center and the left wing. Uh, for University of Connecticut, he had eleven goals, thirty four points in thirty five games, uh, and then he's. Here's what I I look at these guys. Uh, played two tournaments for Canada, U, uh, U18, both the Halinka uh, Gretzky Cup and the Under-18 World Juniors. Is that still going on? That's still going on, isn't That's it? That's going on right now, yeah. But between those two tournaments, he's played eight games on the international stage. He has four goals, eight points. So he's a point-per-game guy Good. in the international tournaments. That's I, – I, I take that more than the, the – I put more weight into those types of stats than – the NCA stats because you, you yeah. you're not playing top level notch competition every night. Yeah, but when you're playing in you know the the Helinki Gretzky Cup, the World Juniors U18, best players you, of your age group. Yes, from all around the world. Yeah. So being a point per game guy at that level is more impressive than being a point per game guy at the University of Connecticut. Both are are great. So that's a guy. Sure. It's a little more telling. Yeah, yeah, but he's a guy that can do it wherever he's at and. Uh, Matthew Wood is a guy that if his name is called with that Tampa pick, I'm going to be uh, happy. But there's tons of options. There's, there's a lot of options. And the best thing for the Blackhawks is, you know, outside of their first pick in the in the draft this year, they're going to have a lot of options in that, like, 20 to 50 range, which is where, you know, it'd be great for them to absolutely knock it out of the park with the first pick that they have. But if they can find two or three or, or four really solid players in the rest of those picks. Hopefully all of them hit, but if you can find three or four in that range too, like you've already have, you already have a successful draft and you're not even into the third round. Can so I, there's going to be a lot of, a lot of uh, options there. I want to appeal to Kyle Davidson, who I know is watching. Please uh, draft Quentin Musty uh, <laughs> from Sudbury. That is just the greatest name in the draft. Quentin Musty. And uh, yeah. just I, it sounds like an old prospector or something. You just want <laughs> but you don't want to sit above the penalty box when he gets a call. <laughs> no, that's a good point. That's a good point. But Quentin Musty is a great name and a g- I mean worthy pick too. But yeah, it's just I, I love going through the names every There's year. Some good ones, By yeah. the way, it feels like we're kind of spinning back from the you know Jackson Stauber J A X S O N and all the like extra superfluous Y's and X's and all the kids, we're getting back to like Wills mm. and Adams and like the names are starting to like get back to a little more traditional. Essentially, oh, yeah, it always the pendulum always swings. Like okay. Riley R E I G A L E I G H Y. Like yeah, okay, it's R I L E Y. Come on, let's slow down. Yeah. Uh, it seems like yeah. the names are getting back. So. Uh, Gabe Perot is a guy. Yeah, I was gonna say Gabe Perot is, is, is he's someone. A, he's popular. A lot of guys. A lot of people like him. There's the connection. His, he's Yannick yep. Perot's uh, son. Mm-hmm. Of course, Yannick Perot has been a development face-off wizard coach with the Hawks since the 70s, it, it seems. <laughs> uh, so there's a connection there. Yep. He should be available at 20. What he's doing at the U18s right now, though, is Might be potentially shooting him up, shooting him up the boards. Yeah. 
a lot. Two weeks ago, twenty might have been a stretch for him because he might he was like that borderline first, second round guy, mm-hmm. either maybe one of the last couple picks of the first or top five in the second. And yeah, as you mentioned, the week he, the, the the way he's done it. I mean, just look at his last five games. He's got five goals and thirteen points. Yeah, uh, pretty darn good. Pretty good. Uh, so he's his stock is rising. So. He went from a guy that went from like, well, maybe that's a bit of a stretch at 19 or 20 to he might not be he there at be, 19 yeah. or 20. But there's a connection there. He wouldn't be a bad pick at that spot either. If he's available at 20, I think to answer the question, he's probably best available at yeah. 20. If, 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 if the Blackhawks end up picking there, I know anything could happen with the Lightning pick if they move on and whatnot. But if, that, if, if 20 is there and Perot's on the board, I think he would be the best player available. All right, next up, we got a question from our Discord from USM0506. When the Blackhawks aren't in the playoffs or after they're eliminated, what is your rooting ranking? For me, it's the Bruins, <laughs> uh, original six Canadian team, one that hasn't won in a while, or slash at all, uh, 50 <laughs> miles of crap, Blues, Red Wings, Canucks. <laughs> uh, I like 50 miles of crap's odds this year. 50 miles of crap, that's... Uh, <laughs> That was my favorite butthole surfers record. Yeah, that's um, a good question. That I, works. Yeah. It's hard. Like I don't know if I have a default backup team. I really don't. I think it has to no. do with like circumstance, who's on the team at the yeah. time. Like I'm telling you, like growing up, I love the Canucks. Mm-hmm. I was a huge Pavel Bure fan. I love Trevor Linden. Like there, there's a lot. Of, their uniforms are great. Back when it was the black, yellow, and red. Like I yeah. love those. They're, they're great now too. Make no mistake. Um, but then the rivalry happens. You're like, well, I've those guys forever. Yeah, and now they've kind of normalized again. So I don't know. It, it kind of varies. It's like I said this year. I find myself rooting for the Wild, just because I'd like to see them do well. I I think they're like a nice little scrappy group of dudes <laughs> um, that no one has really counting on to win, but they're pretty talented. But in playoff seasons, I could see myself hating the Wild because they're yeah. going to be a Hawks rival again at some point. So yeah. it just it kind of it kind of changes. Any anytime the Blackhawks have been in the playoffs and eliminated, I. Don't think I've ever found myself rooting for the team out of the Western Conference. Yeah, because right. I've wanted it to be the Blackhawks. So, yeah. so usually it's been okay. Well, maybe someone in the East can win as long as it's not you know the Red Wings. Um, yeah, I think like you said, like it comes down to who's on the team. Mm-hmm. You know, is there someone cup chasing that would be really fun to see? Um, for for me, uh, you know, growing up, uh, I had had a, a cousin that was drafted by the the Rangers in the early 2000s, which was a lot of fun to kind of see see that happen. Uh, so the Rangers have always kind of been like, well, if it's not the Blackhawks, I guess the Rangers are kind of cool. Uh, this year for me, uh, the added value of, you know, having Patrick Kane there, I think makes it a little bit easier for me to continue to be like, mm-hmm. hey, it'd be cool if the Rangers, you know, kind of did their thing. I know Greg doesn't like to hear that but the only there's only one player that got me to root for the rangers once and that was steve steve larmer that was it makes sense um yeah so i i think you know for for me this year i would say it would be interesting to watch the rangers uh it'd be beneficial for the blackhawks if they went pretty far but um it's it's interesting to watch the rangers see what they do it's interesting to see you know what's going to happen with Connor mcdavid and, and and the oilers like they Saved themselves uh, from being down 3-1 in the series with the OT win, uh, thanks to Zach Hyman. And, yeah, I mean, that's – I mean, that's – like, Crosby won a cup early, but watching Ovechkin, like, f- have, you know, fighting the playoffs, fighting the playoffs, he's never won, never won. It's going to be interesting if McDavid gets that – gets to that point where it's just like, man, like, he's one of the best, if not the best player that's ever been around. 
um, you know, as far as his skills and his talent and, you know, his, his hockey gifts, but he's never won the cup. Like that's going to be interesting if he gets to that point in his career, kind of like Ovechkin was where it's like, he's one of the best that's of his generation. And he's never won a cup. Yeah. So, you know, seeing McDavid uh, win it this year would be very interesting. Um, and then, uh, yeah, man, I, I really like Joe Pavelski. He's a guy that's, uh, you know, done pretty much everything in his career except win a cup. Um, so it'd be cool to see him do it with the, with the stars. He's back on the ice today, which is a good sign. So yeah, I'd say rooting interest for me, Rangers, Oilers, Dallas, I'd be okay with those, with those teams. Yeah. I tend to find myself rooting for players more than teams. Yeah. Like I'm rooting for the Oilers cause I want to see Connor McDavid as much as possible. I want to see yeah. him in the Stanley cup yeah. final Leon Dreisaitl. I mean, they're that, fun to watch, man. That, the whole team those, that Leon Dreisaitl said, Nope, we're not going down three, one to the Kings. Like we're doing this. And like, I love stuff like that. I've had, I've changed in the middle of a series on which team I'm rooting for based on like stories or actions. Like, I love chaos, so I like to root for the underdogs. Or if a team that I start rooting for does something like really shitty during a game, like, well, <laughs> screw that. I don't want these guys to win. So I've that's that's the best part of, of not having a rooting interest yeah. is there's no consequence to being or, like, oh, well, screw it. I'm going to root for this team yeah. now. <laughs> or if I root for a team in the first round, I might root against them in the second yeah, round. Like, yeah. it, it doesn't, I don't really stick. Like, if there's one team in each side I want to go far outside of the Oilers and Connor McDavid. I've always liked the Carolina Hurricanes. I like them, even though they're dropping like flies. It's going to be the Chicago Wolves here. Yeah, the, yeah you know, the Islanders are pretty much like, well, we can't beat them. So if we just eliminate all of them, just kill them all. We, we may have yeah. a chance. So I can't wait to see the boring ass, dirty Islanders get eliminated here in another game. <laughs> um, and then selfish reasons. Another long playoff run for the Colorado Avalanche would do benefits the entire All City Network. Yes, it does. It's also fun to watch. And they're a great <laughs> team. Yes, yeah. Kale McCarr is another player along with Connor McDavid. I cannot get enough of. I, you put him on my TV every night. I'm going to watch. But you know, 22, 23 watch parties at the DNVR bar for the Avalanche does us all a lot of good. So <laughs> go Avalanche. Keep uh, yeah. keep uh, filling up keep those cash registers in Denver for us. It's and good give them something to talk about. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, it's, some people might think that's boring, but uh, I kind of like it. Yeah. All right, next we got one here from GA Ross 18 from Discord. Who do the Hawks take if they fall out of the top three? Would they consider trading the pick? The furthest they the could fall is five. Yeah. So we're talking four or five. Would they trade that pick? I, I think, think so. Three, four, five, they'd consider trading for the right offer. I don't think you shut down anything aside from no, one and two. No, but it's got to be an amazing it's, offer. It's if you got five and someone's like, we're going to give you like seven and 15 or something, you're like, eh. Sure. But, I mean, you didn't do this whole season to just then trade the pick. No, but I, I think that scenario, if they're at five and a team at like, if the team behind you or seven or eight or something says, you can have this year's first and our you know, second this year and maybe a second next year or something like that, you might consider it a little bit because yeah. outside, if you get to five and the Blackhawks aren't enthralled with, you know, whoever's, whoever's best available, let's say, um, and they say, you know what, we can, we can add, add more picks and there's someone, maybe it's some, maybe it's a situation like last year where, you know, they, they really were high on Korchinski. So they made the effort to go and get him at seven when we were like, well, Frank Nazar is there, but if they know, that Nazar is going to potentially be available later. So if they, if like, if that happens again this year, where it's just like, we know we like guy X, like, and, and he's going to be available at eight, but we would take him at five. 
if a team comes and say, hey, we want five, and they get to eight, and they're like, well, we know he's going to be there, then there's there's a scenario in which they can, they can do that. I, I would be shocked, though, if any of the players that are projected one through five, one through six, are not at the top of their board because they all make a difference on your team immediately. It would have to be a good offer to make sense because it, it's be a, like a hard pill to swallow, I think, for people to be like, well, we did all this so you could pick 10th overall. Yeah. No, I I, sure, I know. Yeah. yeah, I think you'd have to talk about something overwhelming and something you really can't yeah, say no to. You definitely don't rule it out. But you could see some team, middle of the draft, saying, hey, like we think Mitch Kov is going to be great. We're willing to wait because our window is open. Maybe it's you look at a team like Boston or a team like Tampa who's they've got good young talent, but the veterans are starting to age out to so three, four, five well, years down Tampa, the line. They don't have any picks left. They gave That's them a good point. Right. But you know what I'm saying? Like teams in that Team sort of situation like that, yeah. where they could say, all right, we wait for Mitch Kov. He'll be ready when the next group is ready to take over. So we don't really have to rebuild mm-hmm. and they're willing to give up a haul to get it. I don't know. I, I look, I'm not saying the Hawks should be looking to trade out of it, but. Unless it's one or two, I'm keeping my ringer on. Yeah, you know, yeah, unless it's Bedard, unless it's Fantilli, I'm listening on everything else. It doesn't hurt to listen, right? Right. But I, I'm not. I'm not actively shopping it. But if it's like a Brendan Hagel, where it's like, oh, I can't say no to that. Yeah. Yeah. Then sure. But again, it's going to be tough to be like, well, we did all this losing just so we can now pick 17th, and <laughs> and then well, but we got three more second round picks over the next few. Those aren't flashy. Right. Yeah. I think the fan base wants that guy that they connect the pain that they went through this season that's worth it. Yeah. Not saying that making a pick where you get more, you know, making a trade where it benefits you more is not a it's not a bad thing. It's just to the fan base that's going to be mm-hmm. that's going to cause a lot of outrage about, "Hey, we went through all this crap just so we could pick 18th and 20th in the first round right. and get two more second round picks." Yeah, and and I and I I would say based on what Kyle Davidson said about the draft at the end of the, at the end of the season and kind of what they're looking at and specifically what he said about Matvey Mitchkov and, you know, not being available to us tomorrow doesn't exclude you from being on our draft board. Right. I think wherever they fall one through five, the Blackhawks are in a situation that I think they would be very happy just taking best player available. So if they're at four and Mitchkov or Carlson is available, I think they make that pick. If they're at five, and it's, you know, Mitchkov or Will Smith or Zach Benson, I think they make that pick and, and can be completely content with it. Because let's say they, they, they get an offer for, like, you know, you can have 15 and, you know, early second round we have 35 and, and, and 41. Like, all of that would be well and good. But at 15 and those, those depth picks, you're not going to get the, a guy in the top five who, you know, four of them you can say are franchise changers, and the guys just outside that top four are really, really, really good. Yeah, you 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 went through the pain of this season to draft your prospect pool's best prospect mm-hmm. this year, and if you trade back to mid first round, you're not doing that anymore. Yeah, right. Narfin makes a good point. He says to trade back, it has to be a franchise ruiner. For whatever team wants their pick. <laughs> Heard that term before. Yeah, and those don't tend to f- come to fruition as much as we think they will. We oh, were going oh, we oh, to for one yeah. since this show has we, started. We were going to ruin a franchise for Alex to bring it, and, you know, that didn't really happen. It helped our franchise. Ottawa still sucks, though, so they got that going. They don't more. suck as much. <laughs> <laughs> they suck less. They suck slightly less. Had they had a goaltender this year, they'd probably be in the playoffs. True. 
right, let's do one more before our first one. And they kept Philip Gustafson. I just wanted to give a quick shout out to the, you guys basically just answered this question, but Alexandre Faripa, send in any preference you guys have in trading up and trading back for which player in the Tampa pick, so. Trade up for Bedard. I think he's going to be pretty good. Yeah. (laughs) That's my my rules, yeah. Uh, All right, Cole with a good one says, uh, when does the campaign to bring Phil Kessel? It already has. It never ended. spring. Never ended. It never ended. It's an (laughs) ongoing campaign. But if you need a starting point, for me, it was the final game of the year against the Flyers where I wore my shirt with a little hot dog. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that it's never ended for me. It yeah, won't end. 36 until. points this year. <laughs> yes. Like, he's, he's a f- like he is, played, he is, played he is, in he is, all 82 games. Yeah. He is backside of the mountain, Phil Kessel, uh, which is just fine by me if he wants to spend a half a season in Chicago and then – Get traded at the deadline for his next cup run. Come be entertaining. Come sell some tickets. Come score some goals, and then go go yep. try to win. <laughs> come fill some space in our salary cap. And Bill yeah. wants to know when I'm going to shave my beard. I will shave my beard tomorrow. Better have you that. heard it here. Better hear that. It is tomorrow. We had, it, I char- as soon as Mario slacked it as today the day I I literally said I need to charge it, and I did. It is charging in my bathroom. We don't want it to die halfway through the show. Oh, well. And have me with like half beard. <laughs> that might actually be better. <laughs> Some of us. That might. would be better. We got to figure out the logistics of that. Like, am I just going to do it right here and put my little bib on? I don't know. Yeah. We got to figure it you out. Could do that. I suppose so. Well, we'll we'll have that. Meeting I warned after my wife. Show. She's like, I don't hate it when you shave. I'm like, okay. My, uh, <laughs> I asked my wife. I was like, Are you all right with the? Because I didn't even ask her. I was just like, I'm just going to grow a playoff beard for the ice hogs. And uh, and I asked her the other day. I was just like. I was like, hey, by the way, is this fine? Like, are you all right that I'm doing this? You know, I don't have to do it. And she was just like, well, you know that I do like when your beard is shorter, but it's your beard. You can do what you want with it. I was like, okay, well, I'm going to keep it long. When we start dictating our partner's uh, shaving habits, it's a slippery slope. It could be. It's really nice of you to ask, though. It could be if if that's your preferred shaving habit. Slippery slope? Yeah. Yeah. Whatever makes you happy. Anyways. Whatever works for you. Anyway. Want to tell us about some some shades? Yeah, <laughs> you want to go down some slippery sh- slopes <laughs> with some cool sunglasses on. Uh, Speaking of slopes, uh, Shady Rays has ski goggles. They do, by the way, they not do just have sunglasses, but polarized ski goggles. ski goggles for those of you who like to do some snowboarding or watch, skiing or watch out for Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah. <laughs> All right, she could, you're gonna run into her. I don't yeah. know. Well, you're just standing there. I don't know that joke. You miss that? She went and did a whole trial about she was skiing and like some guy was just standing at the bottom of the mountain and he she ran into him and he's like I have sent, suffered mental anguish and stuff. Once he found out it was Gwyneth Paltrow. He yeah, right. Ah, uh, my arm, it's broken. <laughs> my, uh, yeah, my neck, my no, back, it was, it was, my yeah, back, it was like and a big my story. neck. <laughs> he was just trying to get money from Gwyneth Paltrow, <laughs> and they are like, no, don't stand at the bottom of a mountain, ass. Okay, anyway, <laughs> sell out a court for twenty five dollars. <laughs> All right. Anyway, <laughs> back to our shady rays. Take on the sun with gear oh, built to last and won't get sued if you hit somebody. Our <laughs> friends at Shady Rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers world-class product that's just as good, but I say even better. They, they're too humble at Shady Rays. They're better than any expensive pair that I've ever worn. Durable frames. And extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures like sitting in traffic on the Edens. That's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by their lost and broken replacements. 
program. If you lose or break your pair, even on the very first day, they told us they'll send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. You can wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after you purchase. And together with their customers, through the Shady Rays Impact Initiative, Shady Rays is providing much-needed support to nonprofit partners across the United States. Everything from building play sets for pediatric cancer patients to providing young adults with MS, the outdoor adventure of a lifetime, Shady Rays is making an impact in your community and others just like it now and for years to come. If you don't love your Shady Rays, exchange for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back. And exclusive for our CHGO listeners, the only people that love you more than us, well, loves you more than us is Shady Rays because they're giving you this amazing deal. Use the promo code CHGO at ShadyRays.com and you'll get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses so you could try yourself the Shades rated five stars by over 250,000 folks. That's a lot of folks. A lot of folks. And uh, hey, fellas, did you guys know that the Combat Energy Efficiency Program is committed to helping families and businesses and the communities they serve by helping manage energy usage and lower energy bills now and into the future? As a matter of fact, I did know that, hmm. Jay. ComEd offers a wide variety of incentives on lighting and other efficiency upgrades to commercial, industrial, and public sector customers of all sizes across the territory. ComEd also offers free facility assessments that can help find energy-saving opportunities like for HVAC systems, commercial kitchen equipment, or industrial processes. Let me know more about how that works. I'll do just that. Uh, an authorized engineer will work with you to develop a detailed assessment plan specific to your goals and needs. These can be done in person or virtually and last approximately two hours. Within three to four weeks, customers will receive a report detailing energy efficiency projects that they can start working on immediately. Each recommendation will include estimated energy savings, cost savings, projected costs, potential incentives, and simple payback. If you own a business, do not wait. Get started saving money and energy today for energy saving tips, lighting incentives, or to schedule your free facility assessment, go to comed.com slash poweringbizbiz. Is that comed.com slash poweringbiz? Yes, it is, Jay. Schedule your appointment today. That was aggressive. I'm going to <laughs> now out of fear. Hey, want to remind everybody, uh, it is Bears, Bears Draft Week, my Bears. friends. Bears. Join the CHGO Bears crew, Goose Island Brewing, and other diehard fans for an NFL draft party at Joe's Bar on Weed Street. I don't know if I can do the whole read that way. Should I try it? You can try. The NAFL draft is here, and we're throwing two parties you won't want to miss, my friends. Come out to Joe's Bar on Weed for an experience that includes an extended CHGO Bears live show, draft coverage, and a premium drink package. You can purchase night one, round one on Thursday, night two, rounds two and three on Friday, or boat. Each night must be purchased separately. There's a general admission Reserve table seating, VIP boot seating, and VIP seating right in front of the stage. Get speckled in Adam Hogue Spittle, my friends. We'll have giveaways, CHGO merch available for purchase. All tickets include an all-inclusive premium drink package that includes Goose Island beers and cocktails from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. in the main front bar of Joe's. Food will be available for purchase from the Joe's Bar Kitchen, I'm sure there is sausage involved. Event is 21 plus, and entrance with a valid ID only. 
All right. Wonderful. Allchgo.com to get your tickets, my friends. Bears. Yeah. Bears. It'll be a good time. I'll be there Thursday. <sighs> it took a lot out of me. Yeah. I need a nap more so than usual. Yeah. All right. Who's next on our Mailbag Monday, our bursting sacks? All right. We are now on Twitter. This is the floose is loose. Speaking of, Speaking good, of good the timing. Bears. Yeah. Bears. Uh, do you see the Hawks trying to be a team in free agency where they, shine, where they sign cheap vets to try to trade them later in the year again? and take on bad contracts for assets? Or do you think they stick with the majority of what they have and continue to develop young players? I think it's option A. I think we have one more year of that. Maybe a little bit less of it than last year, but I would expect a couple uh, free agents, a bad contract or two brought in, and then flip them at the deadline. And then I think next year becomes where the youth infusion really starts. Not next year, but two years from now. I think both of these are true. Yeah. I think I think they're going to do a little bit of both. I think you're not going to see an entire roster built up uh you know all the, all the holes plugged with veterans or players on bad contracts. I think you're going to you're going to have some of those spaces filled by younger players coming up. Um I think it's all but guaranteed Lucas Reichel is a full-time NHLer next year. I think he has to be. Um I think Alex Vlasic comes up. Um I wonder what they do with Wyatt Kaiser. I think he'll probably go to Rockford for most of the season, kind of like they did with Vlasic this past year. I like that idea. Um, Isaac Phillips is a guy that I think could could also come up defensively. Um, I don't think they really have any forwards besides Lucas Reichel that's going to come up. Like I don't think you're really investing too much time in you know Brett Sini, David Gust coming up next year and being long-term NHL players. Gutman will be here. Gutman, that's I, I forgot about him. Gutman and Reichel are probably the two young guys for forwards that are going to come up and be full time NHL. I think Athanasiu is coming back because they didn't you trade think? him. I don't know why, why not trade him. He if, didn't well because he didn't sound like well, I want to come back here and do like, this again. He sounds like a guy who doesn't understand free agency. I don't well, really have yeah, a choice that, on where I go. Yeah, that uh, actually that, that was weird. You but, need a new agent, sir. Yeah. I, well, if only one team's calling, you really don't have a choice. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, Domi could come back. Yeah. Somebody like Kessel. Domi. Yeah, the thing with the free agency class is there's no one it's bad. There's no one that you're like looking at that you're like, "Oh, this is a person who you're going to bring in and going to be here for a while as they as they build and hope to contend again with this person that you sign." Like there's no one really like that. So, yeah, I think you're going to get probably two or three guys like Domi and Athanasiu this past season. Um maybe both of them. I I, I would rather if I had to choose, I'd rather have Domi back oh, yeah. than Athanasiu. Um so yeah, I think there's going to be a, a little bit of both of those uh, those things going on. And as far as bad contracts, I mean, yes, they have to get to the cap four, but you also don't want to just have a bunch of like garbage players eating up so much money that you know you kind of hand you don't want to handcuff yourself when it comes to like oh well we need roster space and money space. Like I know they're not going to take on bad contracts, so they're up to the cap ceiling, but like you also don't want to like you know, screw yourself. I'm trying to th- see to me, that's, what's really interesting is like, how are they going to get to the cap floor? Like how much do they need to spend to get there? Do we know like roughly it's like, tw- it's like 18 million, something like that to get okay. to the I floor. Mean, that's doable. Maybe you, I mean, that's a lot of money. I'm looking at guys that bad contracts that maybe have one year left on their deal. <coughs> and I'm not seeing a whole lot. That's Does jumping Lucic out. Got one more year. He's a free agent. Okay. He's done. So that, dream dies thank god <laughs> um you know do you, do you do you try and take a guy like jacob silverberg you know for one year at 5.2 million if the ducks are willing to give you a little something i don't hate that uh 
you know, uh, depends what's going on in, in Calgary. You know, they've got a couple of defensemen they may want to get rid of. Uh, See, I know. feel like if they're doing the bad contracts thing, it'd be forwards. Because I think defense, yeah, they want flexibility. Yeah, you don't really need, you yeah. know, do you, do you, do you want to take a year of Mike Hoffman? Off, off the Canadians' hands for five, four point four, five, sure, four point five million. Silferber- that's that's S- a guy. Silverberg and Hoffman give you ten million right there. Yeah, and, that, and that, those are guys that's that half it, of, that's uh, half of what you need to spend. And if those and those are guys that if they do anything, yeah, it's wonderful. You, know, you can get something for them. You yeah. know, again, another guy. You know, there's there's other guys out there, but those are the types of guys you're gonna need to look mm-hmm. for. You know, uh, you know, a Nino Nita rider. Do you, do you take on his deal? Stuff like that. You're not going to find yeah. next year's free agency class is not very good. No, it's the summer of 24 that yeah. you get excited about. It's, there's not a lot of guys that, like, it's a lot of really old guys. I mean, which is fine. If, I mean, if yeah, you, you, if, you, if you get an old guy on a one year deal and try and flip But these are guys contender. that are going to, like, here's your top five UFAs, according to Cap Friendly Jonathan Taves, Patrick Kane, okay. Vladimir Tarasenko. Now, now, we're, now the list starts. Ryan O'Reilly. James Van Riemsdyk. You're not bringing none of those guys are signing here for one year. Those guys are no, going to get they're off. Gonna they're going to get legit. They're going to get offers from contenders. Yeah. John Klingberg, Max Pacioretty, yeah. Sean Monahan. Those guys. Those guys are not looking. to There's Lucic. Lucic is a guy you can maybe bring in with the idea of possibly flipping him. If you get Milan Lucic for two million, and then somebody wants to get that tough guy for the playoffs, I wonder what his. Sure. I I I am honestly don't know how is he as a teammate. I people think people like him. Like I think, I think teammates like him, like him because Teammate. of what he does. Yeah, I mean, because yeah. if you look at it, he was at Boston for a long time. Like he was, he was in Calgary for a while. Like there was no once Calgary got him, you never heard much of anything about. Well, we got to get rid of this guy. Yeah, here. right. Uh, you know, it was more of us thinking um, stuff like that. So and and I think too, you know, when when considering free agents and stuff, you also got to consider how they fit with what Richardson wants to do schematically and and because because a guy like Lucic I think just kind of muddies up what the they want to do yeah. yeah so you could bring him in just to say we brought him in got some money on the books and 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 whatnot but um they also got to play and fit the right system two guys that I I kind of think one guy I don't know if he's going to play or if he wants to go elsewhere is is Kyle Ocposo I think he'd be a good fit Buffalo f- captain I mean, he's a he's a free agent. He's thirty five. He's had his injury de- problems. Yeah. Buffalo might be ready to move on. It could be like, hey, our young guys are here. We're ready to take that next step. Good. He might be a guy that, though, like a Jonathan Taves, he's dealt with a lot of concussions and a lot of injuries. He might be like, I might be time. Yeah, enough. what 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 am I going to do it uh, for? But a guy that I think could be uh, an interesting target. Um, and I lost him. Where did he go? So interesting, I forgot who he was, and now I don't know where he is. <laughs> well, on somebody my list. said, like, what about taking on a contract like Oliver Ekman Larson? That's not, they're not going to do something like that because no. he signed through 2026, 27. Here's, here's the other guy. It's a year or two. It's going to be like a Mrazic sort of yeah, a thing if yeah, they do you it. Don't again. Want, you're not taking on Bobrovsky. You're not taking on right. Oliver Ekman Larson because then that starts to screw with your salary cap when you're ready to contend right. and spend money. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lars Eller is the guy I was thinking. Okay. Mm-hmm. He's a guy that got traded, Colorado traded for at the trade deadline this year. So obviously. There's value there. So if, if he doesn't really get, he's a guy that he's a center. You you, you need centers all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Uh, bring him in and be like, hey, you're going to be our top line center. You're going to have the opportunity <laughs> yeah. to be to play top minutes 
and then and then we'll get you to another playoff run. You're not good. Like if he signed right away by a contender, he's probably going to be third, fourth line center. He signs here. He's your top line center on opening night. Yeah, gets a chance to maybe you know get himself a two or three year deal <laughs> the next year around, kind of like Max he's Domi did. Up there a little bit though. He's like thirty three. He's thirty four. But you know. But yeah. When you when you're a face off defensive guy, you can, yeah. you people want you. So yeah. that those are the types of free agents I think you're looking for. You, and then much like last year, and you're gonna either you'll see more young guys next year, but it's not going to be all young guys. Reichel, yeah. Gutman, Vlasic, I think Isaac Phillips is going to get a chance yeah. to play up here quite a bit. S- Soderblom will be Soderblom uh, will be here. Yeah. Yep. There'll so be some, there'll be some guys. There'll be, some, and, there'll and be hey. more real prospects playing. Next. There'll be more guys that have a chance to matter when we're good again this year or this coming up season than we saw this past season. And we might also have Connor Bedard or Adam Fantasy. Lord willing. Can we remember to talk a little bit about Isaac Phillips this week? I know we got a lot of questions to get to, but yeah. I, I'm just kind of maybe we can just do it real quick here. How do you feel that his stock has gone with the organization this year? Do you think it stayed the same, gone up, gone down? I think he's. I think he's still looked at as a as an as a NHL player with the organization. I I, d- I don't think he's um, at a, in a position where he's going to be buried. I think that happened to a guy like Jakob Galvis, mm-hmm. um, who uh, Scott Powers er- earlier this month said is likely going to go back to Europe once the season's over, which is. Surprising because he, he had a, a you know kind of NHL tryout last year and I looked fine you know mm-hmm. for a young guy so I don't think Phillips is getting buried at this point with the young defensemen that are coming in he's still in the mix but I think um, you know this year was an opportunity to take a step forward I think he took a little bit of a half step forward uh, I think he should be probably fighting for NHL time in training camp and and, and I would love to see him get it so. Yeah, I I th- I think he's still on the uh, uh, on the upper level of where the organization uh, wants him to be. Yeah, they're still big fans of him. They like his physicality. He could skate, be physical, and scored a huge power play goal the other night yep. in Iowa. So they didn't they haven't used him on the power play a ton this year. But if they're using him in the playoffs, and he and he does good there, that's just another feather in his cap going forward. All right, next question comes from Adam. Says should the Hawks make an offer sheet? For Alexis Lafreniere, if the Hawks get the third, who should they target? Um, let's start with the second question first. If the Hawks pick third, I'm going with Carlson. How about you guys? Yes. I just like the safety of that pick. I also go with Carlson. And the argument of like, well, you're going to wait for him as well. Like, sure. But on our own I terms. Don't, I, yeah, I think, it's, I think it's more on what the organization wants yeah. than what the KHL will allow. I, I go Carlson too, but I won't be mad at Mitchkoff. No. Okay. And then the first question on the offer sheets. The offer sheets almost never happen. I wish they would more, but there's a reason. There's a reason they don't. Because you do have to give up quite a bit if you sign a guy to. It all depends on how long you sign him and what the cap hit is. So let's play a game. What would it take to offer sheet him and to have the Rangers decline? Lafreniere, I don't necessarily want to. Like, that's not the guy I use an offer sheet. Sure. But just for for funsies. Somewhere between six and eight, would you think? For million? him, six and eight million. I wouldn't do it because if you do six and eight million, you have to give up a first round, a second round, and a that's third what I'm round saying. Pick. Yeah, like it's no. there's no, a, it's a that, hu- that would go completely against you're, what you're not what in Davis a position to, to do that, right? That, yeah. And that's why it almost never happens because you're gonna even if you were to offer sheet Connor McDavid, you're gonna have to give up 
four first round picks for a guy like that. Right. Like that costs your franchise. It really like it's it's a lot the to Hawks, give up. The Hawks Hawks aren't in a position to start giving away first, second round draft picks. Yeah. They're not there yet. And yeah, if if you offer sheet Lafreniere for five million, the Rangers are just going to match it. Right, right. So it's point. So that that's the thing is the offer sheet has to be high enough for the team to balk, and you, then you have to give up a ton to get. Yeah. You, you almost you always overpay for the player. Yeah. Then you've got to give the compensation. It's it's almost never worth it. No. Yeah. No. Like you see it every once in a while, like when the Canadians and Hurricanes yeah. went back and forth. But they did it for one year deals where right. there's no there's very little compensation. Mm-hmm. It's like a th- second or third round pick. Um, Unless like, you've got a great free agency class next summer. Yeah, there's no reason to like do just, it. Yeah. Not for, no. And, again, and, La- and Lafreniere's a good player. He and he's is. young. And but he's not you worth a first, a second, or a third. Right, no. No. Plus the 6 to $8 million cap it for the next four right. years. It's not worth it. Yeah. Um, the only time I really had fun with an offer sheet was, and, the, and the, our pals, the Arizona Coyotes, are benefiting from it right now, is when the Flyers offer sheeted uh, Shea Weber. That's what led to the Predators giving him that ridiculous 14-year yep. contract, <laughs> which the Coyotes are now using to hit the cap floor. So Way to go. Yeah. Yep. 14-year contracts. Remember when that was a thing? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> boy. Duncan Keith ruined that for everybody. All right, this one from Team Dick. <laughs> Did I say it right? Did what I, else would it be? I you, think so. Are, are, you back, are you back to your Chicago <laughs> accent again? <laughs> Team Dick says it seems quite a few goals were scored against the Hawks that deflected off the skate of their defenseman. Is this just bad luck, or do adjustments need to be made? Uh, mostly yeah, bad luck. Mostly just, bad luck. Yeah, you could see luck. a guy in a bad position here or it there, but to every team. Yeah, yeah. As you just remember, you're watching more Hawks games than you're watching other teams. My thing about that is like, if you're in front of the goalie, either block the shot or get the f out of the way. Yeah. If you can't get to the shot to block it, just move and let the goalie see it and absorb it. Mm-hmm. But off of sticks, off of skates, it's a defenseman trying to make a play, and it's just a bad bounce. And sometimes it, it happens. It's, sometimes it's just a guy standing there. Yeah. Like not, even, not even necessarily trying to block the shot, but the initial shot is going wide, and then it hits his yep. skate or hits his shin pad and deflects the other, other direction that, you know, it, it had no original business going, and... There's nothing you can do about yeah. shots like it's that. Mostly sometimes. bad luck, and it happens to every team, believe it or not. Just not just Seth Jones. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, Walters Ringer, uh, who's been with us since day one, chimes in with his thoughts on the draft. Says, "I've made up my mind. If the Blackhawks get third or fourth pick, they have to take Mitchkov over Carlson. He's a better, more talented prospect. If he comes over in 2026, so what? It's not like the Hawks need him next year anyway. At that time, they might be ready to roll." I agree with you, You're right. except for the percentage chance that he never comes here, and there is a percentage chance of that. Yeah, I, I think I think that's the that's the major hesitation. Like we, outside of Bedard and probably Fantilli, you're waiting another one or two seasons for whoever you pick, third, fourth, fifth, at least with Mitchkov, uh, with with Carlson, or let's say Will Smith, like the percentage chance that they don't ever come to the organization is almost zero. Right. With Mitchkov, it's, I don't know, but it's more than, it's not it's zero. More, it's not zero. Right. So I think that's, that's kind of what you're, you're rolling the dice on there. Um, yeah. If they take Mitchkov, I'm not going to be sad. No, I, 
But I, th- he is I but prob- I think he is the second best player. But it's going to be but constant think, fear until he signs. Yeah, if they if they take him, you're also taking it with the grain of salt that like, hey, now we're behind the eight ball. Yeah, so. and you know, there's so little access. There's so little like you really don't. I mean, look, not the the dude's dad turned up in a friggin' pond like a month ago. Yeah, it's just mm, yeah, it's, it's for it's, for a, it's for hard. where the Hawks are right now and the importance of this draft. It scares me. Yeah. If they do it, okay, I'm on board and I'm trusting based on everything we know about Kyle Davidson that due diligence has been done, mm-hmm. right. and he's not just doing it willy nilly. Yeah. So I have a little faith in it then. But as of this moment, I'm not touching. I'm that. willing to bet NHL executives know more about his situation than we do. I'm just going to throw that out there that they probably got a little more insider information about yeah. those possibilities. They're weighing the risk. If if Mitch Koff was born in Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan, he'd be number two. People would be making the debate to take him number one overall. Gordy Mitchell. Well, yeah, because he probably would have played more than, you know, four minutes a night yeah. with, in the cage. He's so. that talented. He's the second best player behind Connor Bedard in his draft, and he's not that far behind Connor no, Bedard. Not a, not 50 miles of crap or whatever. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it, it's everything Walters Ringer said is 100% true, but... Mm. There's that itchiness, that, 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 that unknown factor. And, yes, there's an unknown factor with every single guy you draft. Sure, absolutely. But his is unknown factors that are out of your control, and that's what scares you. And Rick Guys says, can be busts, but you have control over guys that bust out. Exactly. You don't necessarily have control over him. Rick says that the Hawks take Mitchkov, that can help even more with the tank next year, which can give you a chance at Macklin Celebrini. That's true, but sure. I don't want to do another season of one. I also think it's only Bedard or Fantilli see. are going to come right over. And even Fantilli's not a certainty. Right. Isn't Bedard the only guy in the draft who's, like, guaranteed to play in the league next year? Yeah. Probably. So it's the, there's, it's there, the same there's thing. A, yeah, there's a chance Fantilli goes back um, and, and plays at Michigan a second year. Yeah. Like, Owen, Owen Power, Power did, did that as, Why would the, as the number one no? overall pick. Right, yeah. Why not? It, they don't – their season next – Next season, if they pick Adam Fantilli, doesn't live and die on Adam Fantilli playing in Chicago. Get a year, if they get Fantilli and he goes back to Michigan, you get a year of Fantilli and Nazar playing together. That only makes that duel better when they get in Chicago because mm-hmm. you can throw them on the ice together right off the bat. Right, right. And they've away. got that chemistry yeah, yeah. from day one. Yep. And even, and even if they get, let's say they go with Carlson, um, he's a guy that could come over and play in Rockford next year. Like yeah. he doesn't, like he might he, stay in Sweden. But he could come right over to North America and play and in Rockford. And if he's good. great in camp, then maybe he plays at the NHL maybe. level too. There's yeah. a shot. Yeah. But I think the only guy 100% certain to play in the league next year is Bedard. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, there'll be a, you'll probably get two or three guys that are there opening night. But yeah. how many of those guys are there at the end of the season? Right. Yeah. Bedard's the only guy that is going to play all 82 games next year if he's healthy. And I think on the on the Mitchkov thing, it'll be really interesting. I don't, I, I don't know if it's you know, uh, confirmed or not yet that he'll be at the combine, but it'll be really interesting to see, um, you know, what kind of comes out from combine interviews with teams. So that'll be uh, with, with him. So that'll be interesting. Definitely. All right. This one's long. Three-parter. I'm going to try to you squint. You want me to read it? Can you s- yes, yeah, please. Yeah, Can you I, I'm, my old man eyes, I can't see that. So it starts out from Ted808. Sorry, it's a little bit long, but there's some context needed. I've been thinking about what this team looks like when contending for a cup again but now i think it's a very different thing from what it looks like after or when they make the playoffs that's one of three 
Goal and D appear to be ahead of the offense, but the Richardson-Davidson model is players with speed, high compete, high energy. They win games they aren't supposed to. I can imagine them sneaking into the playoffs ahead of quote-unquote schedule with an intense, aggressive, low-event team. They probably won't make a deep run until the offense catches up, but I wonder if squeaking into the playoffs is the thing that happens while we're waiting for the rebuild to finish. <sighs> I never say never. I think if you but get also probably not if you get Bedard, that conversation can talk. You could start talking about it because mm-hmm. I do think that that uh, that accelerates the rebuild a little bit because you're like, we got this kid. We might as well do something with him and bring in some help for him. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think there's a difference in this idea if you're talking about next year or like 24, 25. I think 24, 24 25, 25 is, is the year that maybe maybe I, if I everything think, goes right. Yeah, you. you Maybe You're, you see a really young team who maybe catches fire. That they're it not all depends to. on if you target or land any of those really talented potential free agents mm-hmm. that summer. Mm-hmm. If you have a counter Bedard and just say for argument's sake, you get one of the two big prizes that could be free agents coming out of Toronto. Right. Sure, that team should give a run for a playoff spot, especially in a Western Conference where the bottom half of the Western Conference playoffs are not as strong as the Eastern Conference. Yeah. Granted, that can change over the next two seasons. Yeah, I, I, I'm not worried about sneaking into the playoffs next season. No. 24-25 could be – I'm not saying that's the year to get ready for postseason, but depending on who they got in this draft and the development of the guys from last year, the last two draft classes, and if that's the year Kyle Davison decides to go after the big free agents, mm-hmm. you could see a team that could be – like the Ottawa Senators or the Buffalo Sabres were this year, right mm-hmm. there until the end, and just yeah. not enough, but taking that step forward to where 25-26 could be the year where you're like, all right, this is it. Pieces are we're place. ready to make a run here. And that's, and that's understanding that that's probably best-case scenario. That's if everything goes yeah. right. That's, that's right. if you've that, got that's, Connor that's all, all the checkboxes yeah. have to be marked off for that yeah. to be uh, on that track. I think one of the really interesting things that will happen – <clears throat> over the next two seasons is what's going to happen with goaltending. Because, yes, Drew Camezzo is going to be uh, playing pro next year. Arvid Soderblom is, is um, going to be in the NHL next year. But you can't I – don't, I don't think you can look at it and say, okay, 24-25 is Camezzo and Soderblom, and let's – whoo, here we go. Like, those are two young guys that are still getting experience at the pro level. For Soderblom, it's at the North American pro level. It's all – and goalies take some time. So yep. – I, I, I don't think we can hang our hat that, you know, Camazzo is going to be, um, you know, his his BU counterpart, Jake Ottinger. Like, that would be great. That would be that'd wonderful. That would be really great. That would be best-case scenario. <laughs> um, but I don't think we can we can bank on that happening. So, yeah, I, I, I think 24-25, if things go well, as well as they can, I think that's the season game, regular season games get really exciting. All right. I know our next one's from our friend Region Rev. Um, asking about Max Domi's playoff performance and what we've made of it this season. Uh, I mean, zero points, minus three, uh, 24 penalty minutes. Not a lot happened on the score sheet for Domi. Yeah, I'm kind of reverting back to uh, the Max Domi, that the, his reputation he gained. But yeah. some of those penalty minutes was jumping on Matt Dumba after the hit on, on Joe Pavelski, and yep. we've seen him do that plenty. I mean, he's he's a guy that provi- he's he's playing the role that he's supposed to down there, 
which is different than the role that he had here. Yeah. He's not a top six forward on the stars. He's a bottom six guy. He's a guy that needs to be that guy that goes out there and makes the big hit. It's a little disappointing he doesn't have a point in four games yet. But again, he's playing a different role for the stars. Yeah, I'm thinking. I'm thinking the stars probably would like that zero to be a little higher. Yeah, I'm sure they do. Uh, so, um, yeah, I'd like a little more from him. Except that you know, I'd like less trips to the penalty box and more trips to the you know, giving fist bumps as he skates past his buddies on the bench. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's the role he's playing there. But you know. They, they could definitely use some more offense right now. They're they're in a tough series. That was a great game yesterday. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Jake Ottinger, man, that guy, <laughs> some huge saves down the stretch. Yep. Some controversy in that game as well. That's a great series. That's going to go all seven. I hope. Um, so, yeah. But, uh, yeah, Max Domi, I, I would think if I'm a Stars fan, based on what was given, you know, what was given up to get him and the numbers he was putting up while here – I'd be a little disappointed so far. Yeah. Hey, the the fewer playoff points, the you know higher chance that is there's going to be less people clamoring to get him in free agency, and the easier it would be for the Blackhawks to be a good option for him. All right, is this our last one, Kevin? All right, last one comes from Nathan. He says, "Forget the normal gamesmanship of the playoffs. Is it me or are coaches, players, fans, and even media outlets complaining slash blaming officiating?" Way more than normal this year. What is your take? Is the officiating that bad? Or are certain teams, Toronto, Edmonton, just whiners? It can be both. Yeah, it can there's, be both. There's a lot it's a little correct bit of both. In, in both of those statements. Yeah. yeah. Yes, the officiating hasn't been great. But yes, the complaining about officiating from coaches, players, media, everybody, fans, is blown out of proportion. It's the same thing every year. Anytime yeah, Toronto's I, involved, everything is amplified. Uh, yeah. Of any any Canadian team, especially Toronto, uh, problems like this get get way more uh, attention, way more time uh, talked about it. But and I and I agree. I initially when, you know, the first three nights of the playoffs, all you heard about was officiating, officiating, officiating. I we talked about it. I was just like, just get over it. Like officiating is always bad in the playoffs. Um you know, it's been now that I'm wa- continuously watching. I'm like, wow, it really has been horseshit. Like it's been horrible. And and honestly, um, when when Gary Bettman uh, speaks to the media during, um, I think it's the right before Stanley Cup mm-hmm. final, he, he'll usually have his you know postseason State of the Union or whatever. Um, if it doesn't improve over the next few rounds, and I don't expect it to, because why would it? Um, every single question to Gary Bettman should be, what are you doing to, to improve officiating? Cause it really has been awful. Like, and, and yeah, it's, it's being talked about so much, but I think now we're, I think the more I've watched the playoffs, I'm like, you know what, as much as it's annoying to listen to people complain about officiating, it has been awful. Yeah, it's bad. But again, you get guys like, uh, Sheldon Keefe, Toronto Maple Leafs head coach, head Weiner, uh, you know, he goes out of his way to discuss in his post game about the, the the fight, saying Tampa Bay manipulated the fight that wiped out a power play with Stamkos going after Matthews right. and saying, well, there was a great play by them. They know how to manipulate this system. That's why they've won championships. Blah 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 blah. Under with talent, but 
<laughs> you're complaining about the refs in a game you won in a game that Tampa had a goal taken off the board that probably shouldn't have. Hey, Sheldon, shut it. Nobody yeah. cares. Nobody cares. Just yeah. stop. Your team won a game that they did not deserve to win. Maybe just move on because Tampa should have been up 4-2 instead of 3-2. But you're going to complain about that. Why didn't Steven Stamkos get a second penalty there? Yeah. Like, give well, me a break. And well, then Marcus Felino has been the victim of a couple of bad calls against him in that game against yeah. Dallas. But my take on that is maybe don't yell at the referees all game for hmm. three games in a row. And maybe they give you the bend. Maybe they're just yeah. tired of like, hearing shut from up. you. I'm tired of hearing And like, you me. know what? You're you're anywhere near it. It's on you because I'm tired of hearing. God, playing against that guy must be exhausting. He doesn't slow down. He doesn't shut up. Like he's the type of guy that God. I wish I had him on my team, mm -hmm. but he's not. So God, I like. It's got to be physically and mentally exhausting yes. playing against him or officiating a game. So, so for him, it's like maybe keep your mouth shut a little while, what? and you and you won't get those calls Look, against you. That matters. I saw. I was. I was just scrolling through TikTok this morning, and I saw somebody put out like a Wes McCauley highlight tape, <laughs> and he's just like, I, he called a penalty, and a guy he's like, you can't do it. He's like, yes, I can. I can do what I want. I'm the ref. So like the, that's and maybe that's not right. Yeah. But like, if you get a guy in the, in the wrong mood and you've been in his ear the whole series and you, oh your stick got out there and hit a skate, that's a trip. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they, they don't want to hear it. Well, they don't want to hear from you. And that's I think that's the that's the problem. And to the original questions, it's like you know the gamesmanship of the playoffs. Like when officiating, when everyone knows officiating changes in the postseason, um, and you know in in the NHL when it's like. Oh, okay, here's one penalty for this team. Okay, next one. Now, now, okay, now we're even. Okay, here's here's two. Now, now we're even. Now there's two. When that's how games are called, and it's not Dumb. just like, oh, team A is being a bunch of shitheads. So here's one, two, three, four, five penalties, and zero over here. If that's the case, like, yeah, then you know that there's going to be things that players and coaches and you know post game media and things that are going to be public. Like, that's when you know things are there's going to be tactics done to try and manipulate things and and that is it's if if the door is open to manipulate something in your favor you you're going to do it players coaches they're going to do Absolutely. they're going to do it so the problem is that that door is open because the officiating isn't i don't think it's regulated well enough and it's not uh it's not uniform enough it's it's down to oh west mccauley's calling the game today okay i know i can get away with this this if i say this he's going to do that like I think that's a huge problem. And this isn't me saying we need robot umps. Uh, this is, <laughs> it's, it's the, the rule book needs in the playoffs needs to either be completely tossed out and they're just there to make sure no one dies. Or it's the same thing from the regular season. Agree. You either, you either carry it over or you don't. A penalty is a penalty. And you could argue that if anything, they should be more willing to call penalties in the playoffs because the games matter more. And if you're not calling penalties, you're punishing the skilled players that get their teams in the playoffs. Right. Yeah, it, they don't want in – in the effort to not be the reason that games are decided, they're actually becoming the reasons games are decided. Exactly. <laughs> One thing I will give the officiating credit for in this postseason, it's happened a bunch of times already, and I applaud them, is to call the five-minute major right off the bat and mm -hmm. then review it and make sure. Mm -hmm. I really like that process and because a lot of times – they're calling the major because they know they can go back and look at it. And, like, we saw it with the Matthew Dumba hit on, on Joel Pavelski, and there was another play that's 
Uh, was it in the Toronto Tampa game? Maybe that I can't. It's all blending in the one game now. Is it but the um, Morgan Riley hit. Yeah, that that was that yeah. they reviewed that too. But they're getting it right, so I don't have a problem with them yeah. just quickly calling a major because they know they can then look at it and get the correct call. So so as much heat as they've been under. Uh, and then there was that there was that high stick call in the Oiler game last night, where they were just they they looked at it. Did Gabe Velarde's stick touch that puck? Probably, yeah. but you couldn't really tell, so they let it go. And like again, so as much uh, criticism as they deserve, when they do get things right, you got to give them credit for that too. And and the, the whole reviewing the five minute major thing, I've I've become a big fan of that. I just can't wait till we get an offsize review or a goaltender interference review. Those always go well. Well, that's to <laughs> me. That's to me. That's more on the system than the. Re- I hate replay. I hate replay. Replay is great in theory, but usually sucks in practice because it takes it. No matter what sport, it takes a what used to be a black and white play and turns it into a million shades of gray. Yeah, like we don't know what a catch is anymore in football because of replay. Mm. Yep. We don't know what offside is or goalie interference is anymore. Because you're allowing different interpretations of the same rule. If those if those reviews went to the same guy in Toronto every time and he ruled the same way every time, it'd be fine. But does anybody know what goalie interference is anymore? No. no. Because you've got 35 different interpretations of it being used on a given yeah. night. That's, that, that seems like one that should be only called if it's obvious. Right. You know? Here's yeah. my thing. If you call the goalie interference and it takes away a goal, shouldn't there also be a penalty? Shouldn't, shouldn't the goal count and the team gets a power play? No, that's too big of a swing. You can't do that. That's that's the gray area that annoys everybody. All right. Uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Before we go, make sure you smash that like button. I want to remind you, as you know, the NHL playoffs are underway, as is baseball season. And if you want to cut the cord and want to watch the Cubs, the only place to do it is with Fubo TV. Go to FuboTV.com slash CHGO. I switched to Fubo. Here's why you should, too. 140-plus live channels of sports, shows, movies, and news. You can stream live TV from any device. You can watch the most Chicago sports for the lowest price. Start watching immediately with a seven-day free trial at FuboTV.com CHGO. There's no contract. There's no cable. There is no hassle. You just sign up, and you start watching. You get 1,000 hours of cloud DVR included at no extra charge. And you can watch all your local teams while you're traveling. You got the NFL draft this week. The NHL draft is coming up. You got the playoffs underway in basketball and hockey. Cubs on marquee, Sox on NBC Sports. They're all there at Fubo TV. Watch your favorite team with Fubo TV. Use the link in the description to sign up for 15% off your first month of Fubo Pro. I love the multi-picture. I watch three games at once. Love it. FuboTV.com slash CHGO. And... Uh, if you want to watch some games that you're placing some wagers on, mm. do it through DraftKings. It's NBA playoffs time as well as NHL playoffs time, which means big hoops action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Get in on the excitement of every game with the touch of a button. New customers can make a $5 pregame money line bet and score $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Plus, Everyone can score a no-sweat same-game parlay every day during the NBA playoffs. Open the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt in, and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game. If it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus bet back up to $10. So download the app now, sign up with the code CHGO, 
When you do that, new customers can get can make a $5 pregame money line bet and score $150 in bonus bets if their team wins only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code CHGO. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 1-800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text hope and y or 67369 in Kansas call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas 21 plus in most eligible states but ages vary by jurisdiction eligibility restrictions apply see draftkings.com/sportsbook for details and state specific responsible gambling sources well Resources. done mario thank you nailed it knocked out of the park Can i right. mention two what? things yeah yeah one really quickly mm-hmm. uh from Sweden, uh, Vashau are the SHL champions, which means Victor Sternborg is an SHL champion. That ring. Congratulations to him. Uh, he had two points tonight in the 3-0 win to win the SHL championship. So congratulations to young Victor. Uh, and also, we have gone all day, all show, not all day, all show without mentioning, today is the 13-year anniversary of... Friend of the program, Marion Hosa, scoring the overtime winner mm. uh, against Nashville in overtime of Game again. Five. My so knee still hurts. Quite, quite the anniversary. I was I was there that day in my old section three twenty one, and jumped up when Hosa scored and missed the landing, and uh, my knee still hurts. <laughs> I, can t- I can tell you when it's going to rain because of that. Totally worth it. Oof, that's brutal. It's a good memory though. Hey, every time I wake up and my knee hurts, I'm you like, smile. thank you, Marion. You smile a little bit. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Exactly right. All right. Thanks for joining us. Region Rev brings up a good point. Buy your Icehawks tickets early. Yes. I think the three of us are going to be there Friday. I know at least some of us will be there Friday. We'll be there Friday. So uh, get your tickets and come find us by the Hamboni. Love that, the Hamboni. Because <laughs> it's a pig, Icehawks, and it's a ham. Yeah. Boney, and it's like Zamboni. Do you oh. Get it? Kevin, do you understand? I got it. I can. I love that too. It's a ham bony. I get it now. Ham is in hog, pig, zamboni. Bacon, it's a play on words. Not is what a bacon bony. No, that no, does not roll off the thing. tongue quite as well. But bacon does. All right, we'll talk to you tomorrow at two o'clock. I will be beardless at some point during the show. <laughs> uh, T's and P's. We'll talk to you then on a CHGO Blackhawks podcast.